0: Skeptical podcast. I'm Nathan and joining me today is Craig and Susie. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I like that idea actually, make it a competition. See <laughs> sure. first. Uh, we have quite a lot of feedback, which is good. Twice the average amount of feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, Paul Trotman sent us a message. And he says, the automatic fly spray sprayers are very good at doing what they are designed to do, which is ensuring continuous consumption of fly spray. I once came across an industry magazine for the cleaning industry, Scary Reading. The ads were all about increasing consumption of products by providing gadgets that automate use. Even liquid soap dispensers do it compared to hand soap. <laughs> Oh, hard, no, soap. hard soap. Quite right. Too hard soap. So the idea is that, well, obviously, it's spraying fly spray every thirty seconds or something into the uh, into the air. So it's using up a lot of fly spray. So I guess what
1: Paul is suggesting that, um, that they have been designed merely to yes
0: increase consumption rather, consumption than, rather than, um,
1: than actually be effective.
0: Yes, or at least Thank as you, a sec- at least as a secondary um, design feature, I suppose. Well, probably as a primary design feature. (laughs) Well, the primary feature would be that it's designed to increase consumption. That's what you said. You said it's designed to increase consumption, not killing flies. And I said, well, maybe as a secondary feature. Oh, killing flies as a secondary secondary feature. feature. Right, right. I thought you meant... Or being effective, whatever the words were. We can play it back if you want. No! no, cheese.
1: Yep, fine. The other
0: feedback we've had is from our old friend, Philip. Uh, and I guess, I take it you've seen all this, Craig? Hmm. Do you want to read that so, for us? Uh,
2: well, actually, it's quite long, but okay. I'll, I'll summarise. Um, firstly, Philip has um, been doing an ongoing investigation into um, homeopathy at pharmacies. And um, one of the uh, pharmacies in Pukekohe... Uh, which is sort of close to where he lives, close ish. Um, he went in there and it's part of what's called the Pharmacy 700 group, and um, he couldn't find any homeopathy on the shelves. And he spoke to the pharmacist, and the pharmacist explained that uh, something about um, not wanting to sell that crap. Um, if I can just um, actually find exactly what is. so was that
0: a, um, a group uh, opinion or yeah, just well, that particular we'll, oh, hang on
2: hang on let me let me just find this we might have to edit this bit out what edit it but edit I'm out sure.
0: long pauses of boring bits because we yeah, weren't prepared yeah, exactly, enough no
2: exactly. right um oh no okay so I got that completely wrong
1: <laughs> while he gathers himself Should I give you my anecdote go sure. on
0: give us an anecdote
1: I went to um, the little pharmacy just opposite the hospital and uh, to get something, and I had a quick squeeze, and they didn't have any of those kind of products, and so I went up to the lady and um, at the desk, and I said, "You know that I see you don't have any homeo homeopathic products, and she started apologizing, oh, and I said, "No, no, no, I'm very pleased you don't have them, and she didn't really get why I was pleased. She was just apologizing that with the small size of the shop because well,
0: there' room tiny. to, fit in
1: a yeah,
2: yeah, no no yeah, I just completely <laughs> misunderstood New Zealand Right, okay. So um, he went to Gary Logan Pharmacy in Pukakoi as part of the Pharmac- Pharmaceutical Society of New Zealand, Pharmacy Guild of New Zealand. I wandered about looking for homeopathy bottles to turn around and found no woo, none, not a drop. I called the pharmacist, Gary, and con- congratulated him. He told me it was his choice, and it's a shame that New Zealand is so... so- it is a shame on New Zealand that it is sold, period.
0: Good. Great to so,
2: okay. we had a good natter, and he told me that Auckland is, or is about to start courses in homeopathy. Auckland will, University. As in, yes, Auckland University. Right. And so then he went on, and he um, found out that Auckland University teach a module called Pharmacy 700. Uh-huh. It's, it says it's a critical review of complementary medicine and includes homeopathy. Why is it? E- why is it even mentioned? It's a no-brainer. They don't mention bloodletting or Reiki. Huh. Uh So then he emailed the um, the professor who teaches the course. This is Professor Joe pa- Barnes, yes, and. Um, Yes, it's quite a long email. but Well, it's probably worth reading, actually. Okay, so my colleague Marie Jensen has asked me to reply to your inquiry regarding our P700 course on complementary medicines, particularly your questions on aspects relating to homeopathy. I am the course coordinator for this course and undertake much of the teaching for it. The course neither takes an overt pro- nor anti-approach to homeopathy, but, it, as is appropriate for a university, encourages and teaches students to be critical and independent thinkers on the subject. The sessions on homeopathy including include some background on historical development as well as the principles and philosophy of homeopathy. It is important to understand, though, that the latter is, in, is taught entirely in the context of informing students about what homeopaths believe and is not what I or the University of Auckland believe students also learn about the origin of homeopathic medicines and how they are made, including that most, but not all of them, are extremely dilute, and that at present there is no plausible mechanism of action. So that all sounds good. As Marie pointed out in her earlier email, the emphasis of the course is on critical evaluation of clinical evidence relating to complementary medicines, including homeopathic medicines. There is a substantial number of clinical trials published on homeopathic medicines which variously report positive, negative, or inconclusive results. Of course, Our course teaches students the skills they need to critically evaluate such publications and their study designs so that they may draw their own conclusions about the scientific rigour, or lack thereof, as the case may be, of the research and the reliability of the results. This critical approach to the subject does have a place in teaching within the School of Pharmacy. Rigorous studies on prevalence of use of complementary medicines show that a substantial portion of adults purchases homeopathic preparations and or consults homeopathic practitioners in relation to the treatment of both minor symptoms and major chronic diseases. Individuals who use homeopathy may do so in addition to, or rarely, instead of conventional medication. Practicing pharmacists are likely to encounter individuals using homeopathic preparations and pharmacists are often asked questions about the use of homeopathic preparations by their patients. Pharmacists may also identify or receive reports of adverse effects, which include lack of efficacy of homeopathic preparations. For these reasons, pharmacists need to know enough about homeopathy to understand users slash patients' beliefs about it and to answer questions on the quality, safety and efficacy of homeopathic medicines. This does not, however, mean that pharmacists need to believe in homeopathy. I hope I have clarified things for you with respect to the teaching on this at the University of Auckland. However, please do come back if you have any further questions. Best wishes, Joe Barnes, Associate Professor in Herbal Medicine, School of Pharmacy, Auckland, University of Auckland. So, I mean, that that does actually sound quite reasonable. In that, sounds like they're doing that they, the right they're way. They're
0: actually
2: teaching um, pharmacists about what homeopathy is
0: about, and not saying that it's good or bad. Um, yeah. Well, it makes more sense than my first instinct, which would have been, "Why would you include homeopathy in a course about pharmacy?" Yeah. Well, obviously, if they know what homeopathy is, then they're more qualified to turn around and say, "Well, actually, no, we don't want to stock homeopathy in our yeah. pharmacy," and then they can answer people's questions. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think I think they're certainly taking the right approach, and that they're letting um, students evaluate um, evaluate it. And, and see it for what it is and then hopefully those students will go on to see up their own pharmacies and not actually sell the stuff. be nice. Hmm. Or maybe they'll um, just decide that there's money in it and sell it anyway. Yeah well that's yeah <laughs> sounds like they did cover that a little You're bit. You He got a further response too as well. Um, so he replied um, and one further point was a point of clarification. Some homeopathic preparations are not extremely dilute. Some are prepared on a decimal x dilution scale, one to ten, and are used at dilutions of two x, three x, and so on, where the original starting material is a potent substance. For example, a conventional medicine. Dilutions of two times and three times can have pharmacological effects. For this reason, for certain substances, dilutions below three x are controlled as a pres- as prescription only medicines. Which is interesting and good to know. It is interesting, yeah.
0: All right. Thank you, Philip, and thank you, Paul. Um, Notice board. Just another reminder about the Skeptics Conference, which is coming up on Friday the 31st of August to Sunday the 2nd of September, and it's at Otago University in Dunedin. And what did we decide last week? Craig's going. Susie's
2: um, not going. No, I'm oh, gonna wait. go. Oh you actually, are gonna go, She's yes, gonna
1: go. because um, my trip to Paris is later in September. Oh sweet. And left, so I will go. Yes, and so I'm, well,
2: I'm hopefully going. And well well yes, I'm
0: planning on going. I haven't book, booked tickets yet, so I'm planning on going. It just depends on whether I can get the money for flights and everything. probably be there. Uh I don't know what the Sci challenge is. Is that you, Susie? Okay, Susie, tell us about the SciFund Challenge.
1: I want to warn everybody of something coming up on the 1st of May. Um, so the SciFund Challenge uh, sets out to raise funds through crowdfunding for science projects. So a bit like um, Kickstarter and websites like that for artists, they're trying to do it for science. So they had a round last year um, just a sort of a trial. I can't quite remember how many projects they had, but they raised 76,000 uh, US dollars. So um, you
0: post up something like, I want to build some nanobots, and yeah. if you donate 50 bucks, you get a free nanobot.
1: Yeah. Well, the, yes. So you 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 um yes, you have a project, you say how much you want to on. raise money for, um, and then you have a series of rewards for people who will contribute to your project. So I just want everyone to know that I am going to be in the next round of SciFund. It starts on the 1st of May. Um, my project is about evolution, so um, we'll put a couple of little links. Um, I've made an 18-second teaser uh, video, um, so please come back on the 1st of May, and um, if you like the rewards, give so me we, some we money! So
0: we have to wait until the 1st of May before we find out what it's about?
1: Yeah. Ah!
2: But the soundtrack to the promotional video sounds very much like the LM, LMFO, LMFAO song. Okay. I'm sexy and I know it. Right?
3: No.
1: What? Oh, okay.
2: The the soundtrack
0: you've used for that.
1: Oh, I just got it from some free um, sampler thing. All oh,
0: right. We'll put put them up side by side, and you can all have a listen. <laughs> I haven't seen this video. Is it a video we can was. watch or not?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's up on YouTube. But um, it was my it's don't get excited. It was my first attempt at making a video. It was hilarious. It took me two hours. It's 18 seconds long. (laughs) Uh, Anyway.
0: That's probably about right. Right. (laughs) And Lawrence Krauss is coming to Auckland for the Auckland Writers and Readers Festival in May. He is doing two talks. The first on the 11th of May, Friday the 11th of May, is A Universe from Nothing, which is also... Name the name of his latest book. The latest I just wanted to confirm that before I <laughs> said it. It is. is a, okay, recently.
2: It's an interesting book. It's, uh, it's probably a, a little technical for right. a lay audience. So, um, I imagine
0: that the talk will be quite interesting, though. Cause, mm. you know, he is quite good at explaining things Yeah, uh, to it'll be lay interesting people. to see the talk after having read the book. I'm going to that one, definitely. The other one is the god matter and he will be arguing that quantum physics has clearly established that no god is required for the creation of the universe uh, which I would really like to go to but I'm double booked on the Saturday so I may or may not uh, make it to that one so if someone does go let me know well, uh, yes well, I'm, so I'm going to that as well good excellent um, I might get you to record it or something. For those of you who haven't gone through our back catalogue yet, I think episode four is the episode in which we interviewed Lawrence Krauss. News. News. the first isn't necessarily a news item per se. Craig. It's topical. It is topical for us, Um, hopefully by the time you
2: get this. being that we're recording on a religious festival. Indeed. Um, We are recording on Easter
0: Sunday. Craig, I, I I have a problem. I want to make a phone call to someone on the Sabbath, but my religion prevents me from doing so. Are Whatever you Jewish? Whatever would I do? <laughs> Are you well, Jewish? Well, no, I'm not, but say I was Jewish. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, say, so, well. Tell ortho- us about the Sabbath phone.
2: Orthodox course, Jews have um, some very strict regulations as to what they can and can't do on the Sabbath.
0: Work, the Sabbath. basically.
2: anything work, isn't it? Well, so yeah. Electricity. So So the Sabbath is the, the seventh day.
1: So they sit in the dark?
0: No light switches, no no, no. no electricity, no dishwashers. They light candles.
1: Yeah. Seriously? Yeah.
0: Because uh, the electricity is doing work. Power over time.
1: Yeah, so (laughs) Thanks, Nathan.
0: Yes, they
2: they have some very, very strange things. Um, So, anyway, um, what they have... Uh, what this particular research organisation in Israel have come up with is a phone that allows um, <laughs> to make phone calls on the Sabbath.
0: Ah, uh, I'm dying to know. Yeah,
2: so I think it's um, kind of like a um, a workaround, really. Is, is
0: it like a tin can and a piece of <laughs> yeah,
2: No, 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 no. So uh, um, essentially, the the reasoning behind it is essentially. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, basically the reasoning, (laughs) reasoning around it. Well, okay, let me read about what the restrictions are on the Sabbath. Among all Jewish holidays, restrictions from work is more strictly enforced on the Sabbath. On other festivals, work is allowed as long as it meets certain conditions. For example, if the task at hand contributes to the further enjoyment of the festival, work like baking bread or similar tasks are allowed to be done during other Jewish festivals. On the Sabbath, they are restricted. The Talmud even establishes up to 39 categories of work that should not be done on the Sabbath. These categories are basic tasks such as cooking, construction, repairing, writing, making fires, cutting wood, and others that are considered as general labour. There are even restrictions on certain activities that would lead one to inadvertently doing these types of work. For example, an individual is not allowed to climb a tree during the Sabbath in order to avoid accidentally snapping a twig, which would technically be defined as cutting wood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like this in case they got stuck and had to call the fire no, department or something.
2: The funniest part about this is that this is coming from a, a website that's pro-Jewish tradition. Yeah, so... It seems absurd to us, but um, anyway, so they're not allowed to do things that essentially cause work. So the argument is with a a normal cell phone, when you press a button to dial a number, then you are completing a circuit, which is allowing some electricity to flow, and the electricity is doing some work and, and thus dialing the number. So you're causing work to be done. Yes. 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 Well, they've got around this by having a phone that lets you put pegs in holes for the numbers and then there's a continuously running program in the phone that comes around and checks to see whether there's a peg in the hole. So and the work, <laughs> is, being done, the work anyway. is being done anyway by this program. It's not the, the person putting the peg okay. in the hole that's causing the number to be dialed. Okay. Yeah.
1: Talk about getting off on a technicality. <laughs> well, exactly. In fact,
0: I'll tell you what they're actually doing. They're causing more work to be done. Exactly. <laughs> because if this thing's running all the time, it's work that wouldn't otherwise have been done. Unless <laughs> yeah. they Environmentally,
1: had the cell phone. very unsafe. <laughs> Yes, your cell phone's going to
0: go flat way quicker.
2: So anyway, it seems like they've got all these creative people coming up with these um, um, creative solutions to get around the restrictions of working on the Sabbath. Crazy. No crazier than anybody else. Quite funny, really. So, yeah, it's a workaround, really. So very odd. There are some odd beliefs out there there are odd consequences of them maybe a little bit crazier than some of them yeah so if yes. you're Jewish and you want a Sabbath phone the, um, the organization is um, the research organization is taking orders for them
0: <laughs> nice
1: oh dear
0: so next item is a church that kidnapped a youth group in order to teach them about religious persecution <laughs> Oh, that's oh. a video, I didn't see that. She does sound quite terrified. Yeah. Being bruised? Oh, I'm sure she was. She was bruised. Yeah, bruises, Just showing bruises on her arm. Uh, uh. A church pastor in Pennsylvania could face felony charges for, st- for staging a fake kidnapping of youth group students in order to teach them about religious persecution. Teenagers at the Glad Tidings Assembly of God Church in Middletown, Pennsylvania were surprised when they attended a youth group meeting at the church on March twenty first and were ambushed what by what seemed to be real kidnappers. Adults, including an off duty cop, brandished weapons and put bags over the heads of the children aged thirteen through eighteen and forced them into a church van.
1: I what? heard one and of hang them from AK forty seven. This is yeah.
0: not the end of the story. You'd think like, haha, big gag we fake kidnapped you, but no. It, it, there's still more. The group was driven to the home of an assistant pastor who was presented before the group with a seemingly bloodied and bruised face. One of the adults used a real AK-47, though the gun was unloaded.
1: How did they have an AK-47? In America, you can it's buy America.
0: AK-47s. Wow. Um, you just go into the corner store and buy one. <laughs> 20 bucks each. <laughs> <laughs> it's America. I'm,
1: I'm I'm going to check tomorrow.
0: Yeah, now I'm being facetious. Okay, so I'm going to see how
1: that. much they are and where we can get them.
0: Yep, but you can. You can actually buy AK-47s in New Zealand as well, but you're not allowed to fire them. You have to have a collector's licence. Well, all that would be right, uh, because it wasn't loaded. Yes, quite right. So perfectly safe. <laughs> Nothing at all dangerous. Okay. Nobody um, would be scared by that. The church leaders who organised the fake hostage situation later told law enforcement that the event was meant to be a lesson to the children on how Christians are persecuted in places around the world. Um, but Chardo, who is the district attorney, says that the event may actually constitute a crime.
1: Sounds like one.
0: Does,
3: For doesn't
1: sake. it?
0: False imprisonment, children, 10 years of prison. They're investigating it. Um, What's the bet nothing will come of it? Yeah, I'd be surprised if they actually persecuted anyone, but persecuted. Prosecuted. <laughs> <laughs> prosecuted anyone. So, so the kids and parents have filed complaints and blah, 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 and they're not making any comments. <laughs> so there you go. And there is a video there too, which I didn't see the first time round, but uh, looks interesting and maybe a little bit sad. He's a very distraught
2: teenager. Yeah. Bet she's not popular with the youth
0: group pastor now. It's probably not, no. Political correctness gone mad. Why shouldn't they be allowed to kidnap their own students? God damn it. Well, it's not like they're really uh, persecuted, is it? Not in, not in um, America, anyway. No. Okay, so, next article is Susie with an Australian homeopath who is sending shock horror cease and desist letters to bloggers.
1: Yeah, this is... Say it ain't so. <laughs> this is a really quite sad case, So, and it goes back quite a long way. Um, in August two thousand and five, um, a lady called Penelope Dingle passed away from rectal cancer. Oh. Here's a funny name, but it's quite sad. Yeah. Um and at the time she was being treated by a homeopath who told her that she could cure her cancer. And it, it sounds awful. I mean this woman was bleeding from the bottom and was and kept being told that this was all part of the treatment and everything. It's got to
0: get worse before it the, gets better. Yeah, and she shouldn't go, go to
1: the hospital. In fact, when
3: she went to the hospital, finally was at the hospital, she had an obstructed bowel and was essentially 24 hours away from death. She was allegedly on the phone to a homeopath who was trying to convince her not to go through with the surgery, and the surgeons said, this is what's going to happen, this is how you are going to die in the next 24 hours if you don't have it, she had it. And died anyway. Uh, she died anyway. In 2010, the, um, I think her family pushed for a coroner's inquest. Uh, um, and so the uh, coroner said that her husband and this um, homeopath were played a really important role in the death. Um, Australian blogger that was a, and quite, uh, quite harsh yeah, and right. points yeah. he's basically said the homeopath yeah, criminal tum to tum Penelope Dingle's sister is now suing the homeopath and, desist, right? um, and the homeopath has now sent cease and desist letters to the blogger which he's also put up on his website saying that he will not cease and desist uh, because he's not saying anything false hmm. <laughs> so we
0: From the coroner's report, in my view, the deceased's rectal cancer was present and causing bleeding and other symptoms from at least 31st of October 2001. During the period tum 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 -tum, the deceased regularly described the symptoms of her rectal cancer to a homeopath, Francine Scrayen. It was not until November 2002 um, that they discussed the possibility of reporting her rectal bleeding to a medical practitioner. And it was not till the 5th of December 2002 that she first reported those problems to a doctor. Miss um, Graham was not a competent health professional. Right. Now, that's that, is it? Moving on to Woo Zealand. I don't see a name next to this one, so I'm just going to read it out. The Mormons have registered an official complaint to the BSA against Graham Hill in his weekly show, which if you don't listen to, you should probably make an effort. Um, he talks a lot about
3: religion. Do we,
0: and
2: do we have any um, details of their actual complaint?
0: I've, I emailed him back and asked him if he had details, and I haven't got an email back from him yet. Hmm. So we don't, don't So know I if, can't really well, tell you what's going like on. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened is he had a guest speaker. It was, uh, Raymond Richards came in to explain Mormonism.
3: Raymond Richards is an American history professor at the University. And the whole reason they decided to have this discussion was because of the success of this Republican contender, Mitt Romney, who is a in Mormon. Indeed. And so the whole point is that the next Jewish president could be a Mormon.
0: <laughs> I see what you yeah. did there. <laughs> Lol. Could, we
3: know. could be. <laughs> Isn't it important that we know uh. about Richard uh, <coughs> Raymond Richards Ray, sorry Raymond Richards I want to discuss but no Mormon
2: to complain about it, they say he was just false. well he's he's telling all the, the facts about yes. the Mormon Mormon faith yes. mm. but it is an interesting issue um, interview to listen to
0: um, and that yeah there are some pretty wacky
2: things that the Mormons
0: believe now we don't have an interview for you today uh, because I'm a slacker I haven't followed anyone up uh, Craig. There was a quote.
2: The fact that some geniuses were laughed at does not imply that all who are laughed at are geniuses. They laughed at Columbus. They laughed at Fulton. They laughed at the Wright brothers. But they also laughed at Bozo the Clown. That's an awesome, awesome.
0: quote. I love Carl that Carl Sagan. Yes. Nice. Do we have a word? We do. I was just waiting for my phone to stop vibrating. There's nothing awesome in the X's. So I'm just going to go for my... Uh, Good old standby and it's a mancy. Xylomancy is divination by examining No. <laughs> by examining wood found in one's path. So not something that happens to most people on an everyday basis, but if you're wandering through the woods or something you can uh... yeah,
2: there's a bit of wood
0: across your path. Right. Yeah, so sorry it wasn't as exciting as some and that's it. Thank you for coming. You've been listening to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical podcast. If you'd like to send us a message or any feedback, check out the contact us form on our website, cusp.org.nz.